Coming up on Inside the Green Room, who's going to be the next to drop 50 in the league, Pop becoming the winningest head coach of all time, and how we'll turn around our recent slump. Let's get into it. What's good? Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford right here on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Danny, there are reasons why I have lost my optimism around the Philadelphia 76ers and your chance to win a fourth title with a fourth team. But we're not going to talk about that just yet. We want to talk about the NBA in general. Danny, it's going crazy. People are getting buckets on buckets. Kyrie dropped 61, I believe, on Tuesday night. Cat just dropped 60 points, had a 60-point game against the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich, who we'll also talk about later in the show. LeBron went crazy recently. Tatum dropped 54 on the Nets. KD dropped 54 on 53 on the Knicks. Kyrie had a 50-point game again, and then LeBron had another 50-point game. Guys are going absolutely berserk, Danny, and I want to know, as somebody who's played with some of the best scorers ever to play this game, when a guy goes off for 50, does another player does another player think to themselves, all right, I gotta get 50 my damn self? Uh you talking about in the league? I don't think so. Um, I think a lot of us sit back, watch, and entertain and see and wait, especially those on the sideline, those are playing with them. We're trying to get them to get 50. And those who are watching from the sideline or from behind the screen are like, man, he just had 50. Um now, depending on if it's a battle of the MVP race or scoring race, then it's like, you know what? I got to put up some numbers, but I, I just think guys maybe inspires them. I don't think they say I have to get 50 myself. I just think like, man, this dude was getting 50. He's making it easy. Kyrie had 40 in the first half. Like, holy sh! Like, how how does that happen? Uh, he's going for 80. It looks like he's going to try to get 81. Um, but yeah, man, when you watch it, it's just it's very inspiring. Um, it's fun, especially when somebody you know or somebody that's your teammate. But guys are getting buckets, and there's a lot of high scoring games without overtimes. It's a Minnesota put up 149 points in regulation, which was unbelievable. Guys getting 60, 50, 47, 45 of the night with three guys got 45, over 45 in the night was the first time in history. Guys are getting out there getting buckets, man. And it's fun to watch. It's, it's a great game. It's great for the game. It's great for the fans to watch. And um, I think we're kind of getting back to normal with everything, you know, outside of the bubble and with fans back and no COVID as much anymore. And, and guys playing, you know, good basketball in front of the fans. It's only, it's only good for the next you know, generation um, to come. For my friends who listen to the pod, who decide to put some of their budget into some monetary bets, it's a fun time to bet the overs. Uh, with that being said, Danny, uh, can you tell me who is the who is most likely to get the next fifty point game in the NBA? I'll just run through Wednesday's games. Obviously, you guys are playing Wednesday. The Hawks versus the Hornets. Mind you, the Hornets are one of the teams Kyrie dropped 50 against. The 76ers Cavaliers game, Nuggets Wizards, Mavericks Nets. There ain't no 50-point game coming out of there, but the way those guys play defense. Trailblazers Knicks, Suns Rockets, Lakers Timberwolves, Thunder Spurs, Bulls Jazz, Celtics Warriors, Bucks Kings, Raptors Clippers. I, I lifted a lot of games, but I'm sure that maybe you heard you heard a guy in there there's a couple of guys that came in mind when you said the team name. And I saw Hawks, Trey's, Hawks Trey's hooping. Trey's been hooping. He's getting a couple 40-plus games, and he's on close to getting 50 one of these games. You said Dallas. Even though they play good defense, I still think Luka is very well capable of getting 50 again. Giannis, always another capability. 
Giannis versus the Giannis versus the Kings, and then Raptors Clippers doesn't. I don't think there's a fifty point game. Fifty point game in there. I don't think there's a fifty point game. Celtics Warriors Bulls Jazz. I don't think there's a fifty point game. That Lakers Timberwolves though. Smells like smells like Ant might or or D'Lo might get a fifty burger out there. Never I think know. Demar. You say you don't the Bulls. What's the name? I, the Bulls Utah. I see Demar. Um, possibly possibly doing it. Um, mind you, Joel. Um, we were playing. Cleveland with no Jared Allen. Um, I think he's still out right now. I'm not sure. But and I said I don't like to pick my teammates, but I'm I am biased. And the way Joel's been scoring this year, the numbers he put up, I don't know who's gonna be the backup if Jared Allen's not playing. Um, hopefully the we get the win, which is more important, but I can see Joel being in that category and possibly getting there again. Um, uh, but there's a list of guys throughout the year that have been hot and been playing well that you cannot sleep on. But if I had to put money on it, I would say either Giannis or Trey, uh, one of those two guys. You're gonna have to pick one. Be not, be not doing this. Pick one. Who is Atlanta playing? Atlanta's playing the Hornets at Charlotte. I'm gonna go with Giannis. Okay, Giannis in Sacramento, 50 point game on the way. You heard it here first. Very real possibility. The only real, the only thing, Danny, that he might actually he not, might not play the, the whole game, game because yeah. he might not play. Depending on how it goes. But I mean, Kyrie got sixty, and they were up. You know what I'm saying? He played three quarters. I think he did three quarters. But um, they sat in the fourth. But he played. They played him enough to get to sixty. So, hey, hey, well, that brings me to my next topic. That's because Kyrie got fresh legs, and Kyrie played that game at Wells Fargo Center. Please, 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 without being the feds. <laughs> Can you tell me, tell me the vibes in the locker room after that uh, disappointing loss? Uh, where you guys were only one of two games on national TV that uh, on TV that night in the association. Uh, tell me behind the scenes a little bit, please. We've had a rough year on national t- TV this year. Um, we're trying to make it a point to protect home court, of course, but on national television, um, not play the way we've been playing. We've had a couple down games and we were pretty upset. We were up. We started out one of the best games we've come out all year. And maybe since I've been here, had an amazing start. Uh, Matisse all over the place, got six steals. I think got them all in the first half, damn near. Um, guys were hitting shots, Joel was hitting threes, James, everybody was clicking on all cylinders to start the game. Um, and then we lost momentum. Um, once we stopped hit, making shots, they went out in transition and they started picking us apart. They got to the free throw line. They started getting, you know, fast break transition points. Bones Highland played an amazing game for himself, his hometown kid, I think from Delaware. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of defensive assignments missing in the locker room. Wasn't happy, you know, so that's going to happen. You keep losing games or losing games that you think you're supposed to win, especially when you're up 18 points. Um, you're going to be pretty disappointed. So, you know, we have to get back to the drawing board. We'll watch some film, figure it out. But, you know, we left as an unhappy locker room and, and figuring out where we need to be, where we want to be. Um, you know, with the, the group we have, we know we have the talent. We know we have the pieces. We just have to get it together and figure it out and, and make it happen. We can't think it's just going to happen on its own. Well, that's that 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 shows me where your where your mindset is right now and must be bad for the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think, for Wednesday night because I wasn't even referring to the Denver Nuggets loss. I was talking about the game where Kyrie and KD came through okay. and looked like the champions that they are. On the same and, similar uh, situation. <laughs> um, in the nationally televised game where we said we haven't been playing well. We got embarrassed. Um, obviously, the Denver Nuggets game was a lot closer, but this one, uh, there was a lot of stuff behind it that stemmed for that I think was more of a distraction than anything. Um, but, you know, the locker room was one of those things. Was like, all right, it, was, it was still early for us at that point. We're like, you know what? We had been winning a lot of games. It was a honeymoon, and, and finally we got a wake-up call and something that we felt we needed. You know, we kind of scrapped that game or, I don't say washed it or flushed it, but we like, you know what? 
It was, it was embarrassing. We didn't play well. We didn't shoot well. They shot well, even though there are things we can learn from it. And you learn a lot more from losses than you do wins. Um, so we watched some of the film and then, you know, move forward to try to, you know, see what we could do better as a group. For sure. Uh, that Brooklyn Nets team is talented. Uh, and obviously KD and Kyrie uh, really put on a, a show there, not not just offensively. I think so a lot of people came... Yeah, I think a lot of people came away impressed, too, with the way that Kyrie played defense on uh, James Harden. The thing that's interesting, though, interesting, though, Danny, about the Brooklyn Nets, as dangerous well. as they... They're very as, deep. They played very well. All those guys. Drum played very well. But yes, go ahead. For, sh- for sure. As good as they are, do you realize there's a strong possibility that they might not be in the playoffs? Right now, they are the eighth seed, the Toronto Raptors, who just put the smack down on the Lakers here in L.A. on Monday night. Um, are the seven seed. They're not catching the Raptors. So eight, seven, Kyrie can't go to Canada. Strong chance the Raptors with that Nick Nurse defense could get that W, which means then Brooklyn would be at home playing against the Hawks or the Hornets in a one in, in an elimination game to make the playoffs. As of right now, according to the mayor of New York City, unless Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated, they're going to play that home game that elimination game without Kyrie. Um, I know you guys are focused on yourself, but when you talk to guys around the league, I, I'm sure there must be some type of bewilderment that this could be the case where that team could miss the playoffs because of the vaccine mandate that's happening in New York City. I don't think they're going to miss it. I mean, there's a possibility, but I, I highly unlikely for me. And if they do, I think I think most of the league it would be weird and strange and, and don't want that. They want to play against the best teams. They think with those guys healthy and with him on the floor um, that they want the better teams in the league, not just the East. And that makes it competitive. That makes for a better playoffs. And I think somehow there's going to be a way that either New York or the league is going to find a way to make sure that Kyrie is going to be able to play at some point in one of those games or some of those games coming up or make sure that Brooklyn somehow gets in the playoffs or gets a chance to get in the playoffs. So I think they'll be in the playing games possibly if that may happen. Um, but, you know, they keep saying each week that New York's going to change the mandates and they're going to allow them to play. So we'll see if it happens. Yeah, and then obviously there is that reality where uh, the Raptors could end up catching the Cavaliers for that six seed, which would then put the Nets in a position where they could play against Cleveland instead and no shade against Cleveland, but I, I like their chances a lot more. I like their Nets' chances a lot more against Cleveland than against the Toronto Raptors in the an 8-7 matchup. Okay, Danny, throughout the duration of your career, I've remained, at least while we've done the show, I've always been optimistic about the yes. 76ers. And I'm wondering what you said that you weren't optimistic anymore. I'm waiting to hear why. I, I haven't seen you. Well, well here, it, it was, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I was more optimistic about your chances to win a championship last year with Ben Simmons mm-hmm. than this year, how you guys are presently constructed. And I say that because... I thought you guys last year, while you had obviously had your issues, you were capable of playing an unbelievable level of defense with Ben and Joel out there. And then obviously you and Matisse add that on already to those two guys from a defensive standpoint. That's elite shut you down defense. And obviously Joel uh, is a scoring monster Uh, this year or now that you guys how you guys are presently constructed. I don't I am very skeptical that you guys can play an elite level of defense. And right now, I also don't wonder if you guys can get to the point where you're playing an elite level of offense. One of the things that I I watch for 
when I evaluate an, an elite offense is how often can you make the defense rotate? The famous swing, 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 swing. You can't catch the, the feet. Are, your feet are not faster than the ball moving. And it's only a couple possessions per game, if at very minimal amount possessions per game, where I actually see the ball swing. So I don't think you guys have an elite offense yet, but not having gotten there yet. And I don't know if and you don't have the personnel, as much as I hate to say it, you don't have the personnel to be an elite defense. Um, what say you? My I friend? don't fully disagree, man. I, I think we can be an elite offensively. Um, I think we have to figure it out. And that's part of, the, of these growing pains. We have new guys, new teammates, new people and superstars playing together. Um, and that's part of the chemistry and rolling, you know, not, not just having our all-stars and stars scoring, but having them go fit with other guys, other guys fit with them. And that's finding a rhythm, you know, find an offense that flows smoothly where we get transition, where we have to get stops to get transition, where we can move the ball, swing the ball and find each other. So that's something that can grow and that we can get into. But I think we do have the pieces to score a lot of points um, where we can put up an average of 120 a night easily if we wanted to once we get back into that rhythm. Um, defensively, I I agree. We may not have the personnel that we had before, where we had a bunch of other guys or a bunch or multiple wing defenders, um, but we do have some defenders that that are capable. And I think the biggest thing is is mixing, matching it up, and having different rotations where we have some of those guys share the floor at the same time. Um, even then, as like you said, we're not going to be elite, but I think we can be good enough to get the stops when we want to. You know, and Joe puts his mind to it. He can protect that paint like no other. Matisse can be a good win defender. Uh, myself, Tobias, when he puts his mind to it, he can play defense. James, when he buys in, he can you know he can play Tyrese. He's picked up his defense a lot this year. So I think that we can be a good defense team, maybe not elite, but I think we'd be a good defense team. And I think that's enough when you have that offense, if we run it the right way, smoothly enough, to score enough, that can make it happen. But I think also defensive lineups will have to be changed around a little bit when we need those types of stops. And I think we, we're capable of doing that. Yeah, I, th I think you might be capable. I, obviously, I, it's at the point where I, I would actually have to see it. And my other gripe, and this will be my last one, I, I'm going to try and get back to being optimistic about the Sixers, but I'm not you in a good space. I'm, after, not a, after I'm not in a After we're done I'm talking, not in a good, be back to it. I'm not in a good space right now. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the foul drawing, and you and I talked about it when the trade first happened mm -hmm. with James and Joel coming to the team. The foul drawing is going to be amazing. It's going to help the half-court defense. It's going to make the offense is going to punish other teams. But my two uh, gripes against uh, the foul drawing or the attempts to draw fouls. One, I think it does draw guys out of rhythm. Kate, uh, Kevin Durant mentioned it after they beat you guys at Wells Fargo Center. He said after that game that Joel going for the foul contact and kind of force feeding him kind of put the other guys out of rhythm. And then I also, as we as we saw against the Denver Nuggets, when those fouls are not called, and guys have the right to campaign for that foul call, it could lead mm -hmm. to transition points. And if I was a fan of a basketball team, the one thing I don't want to see are transition points being given away. Hit a jumper in my face, step back, jumper, contest the three. It is what it is. But just layups and transition, you hate to see it. I agree. And that could be an issue, but we have to find out a way to play through them. Um, they, those guys know Joel's playing the playoffs, James playing the playoffs, knowing that, they're making an emphasis here not to call as many fouls in the playoffs. They're going to change it even more. So they're going to let guys play even more. Um, the goal and the key is to, when it doesn't happen, get the fuck back on defense. Excuse my language, but you got to get back. So we don't get the foul call. We don't make a shot. We can't let our offense dictate our defense. And that's the biggest thing, biggest change we need to grow in and mature on. So when shots don't fall, when we turn the ball over, we don't get the foul calls we don't get. 
We got to get three or four guys always sprinting back. And then also the, the last two or last five, five men that's trailing to find somebody that's open, but to sprint back and talk and communicate. And that's our biggest, you know, issue that we've had for most of the year. So yeah, that may be an issue, but I, I think guys will figure it out. I think they've been playing with it. They'll get some of the file calls, but they'll we'll learn to, you know, how to adapt and adjust to making sure that we get back on defense if they don't happen. Uh, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. Uh, and I, I, I go back to the transition defense because I, I, I'm just wondering, Danny, and this is no shade at Doc, um, but I'm wondering what Greg Popovich might have said to you or to the Spurs back in the good old days when you guys were giving up transition points the way that you guys did uh, on Monday night. I, I know Pop just became the all-time winningest coach in NBA mm-hmm. history, so this is only the it's, it seems like an appropriate time to talk about Mr. Greg Popovich. I wonder if uh, you you envisioned what he might have said to you in uh, any re- one of these recent moments where you guys uh, let up way too many transition points. Oh man, um, you know Pop was a stickler, and sometimes he had fun, but a lot of times he it wasn't a fun time or you know, happy go lucky or, you know, have having like a game with you. It was, if you didn't get back, he would find out who wasn't getting back and you were getting subbed out. So he would look at the film. Oh, this guy didn't get back. You're coming out and this guy didn't get back. So each time would happen. And of course, at times there were times where we'd make mistakes and he, he would make fun with it. Like, oh, the next time you do this, like you see in the clips, next guy that misses two free throws is going to buy me a car or the next person that does this is going to owe me some sprints. Um, so, you know, some of the times he'd be playful, but when it comes to transit defense, he, he didn't play with that one. He made sure that you got back or you weren't going in the game or you were getting subbed out quickly. And, you know, that, that stuck with guys. So we had to make sure that, you know, when shot went up, we got back and found a man or it was back in transition doing what we're supposed to do. And sometimes you would still get subbed out, even if you were back. So you better do a good job when you get back there, you better get some good effort and, and not give up any easy baskets. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I, I listened to that Zach Lowe podcast recently where he had a bunch of guys on there uh, kind of uh, congratulation, congratulating Pop. Uh, and it just reminded me of, you know, the way that you guys used to play there. The ball used to move so well that mm-hmm. Greg can afford to take one of y'all out if you don't get back in transition defense. So that ball would ping around all the way around the court. Anybody could make an impact. So you got to value your minutes and your opportunities especially uh we're about to get out of here Danny I will say I am happy that you're back on the court yet again uh freak accident happened uh against the Chicago Bulls where I don't know if you want to tell the details I think you kind of told me you had in the course of your career you've had 60 stitches is that right a lot maybe more than that yeah I've had probably around that I've had a lot in my eyes I always split the eyebrows those were easily split um, like three or four or five times each side. I've had some in my face, I've had some tongue, I've had finger before, but this one, this one because of dislocation, this one luckily didn't dislocate, no fracture or anything like that. Um, but it was just a thing that they needed the skin to heal before they allowed me to play again for it. So it don't rip again. Uh, freak accident never happened. Just swipe down the ball really fast. The ball the angle, whatever, just ripped the, pull my finger back where it kind of ripped, but didn't pop out. And I had to get four stitches, uh, which came out, the day before, well, hour before, a couple hours before the the Nuggets game, and I got in, warmed up, started playing that game. Um, but you know, hopefully, get back my legs back under me, get a rhythm back, and you know, get back to making some shots. So that, that's well, that's all I need to do right now. For sure, I am. I am very, very, very intrigued about this next uh, slate of games that you guys have. I believe it is the Mavericks, Raptors, Heat. I will learn a lot 
about the 2021-2022 Philadelphia 76ers in these matchups. Some very good defensive, some defensive-minded head coaches uh, will definitely put you guys to the test. I think you guys need it. Mm-hmm. I am very curious to see how you guys respond. I'm hopeful, but yet I am also curious. I think we all are. It's a weird. It's a, it's a it's a it's a weird place for me to be in covering covering the team that you play on because I'm telling you right now, like people. There's always you. a time in the season where we're always curious to see what's going to happen. We're going to see what lineups happen, who plays, what teams are going to do, how are they going to play against us, how we're going to play against them to see where we rank at. And these are good, especially coming into playoff time, coming up soon, to see where we're at rhythm-wise of what our team's going to do, especially with new players on the court. So it is weird, but it happens quite often every year throughout the year. There's going to be a time in the season you're like, hmm, let's see what happens during this stretch. And we're at that time right now. For sure. I think if, now I'm thinking about it. There was a stretch that you played with the Raptors that, that I was like, mm, I don't know anymore. And then mm-hmm. you had that stretch with the Lakers in March. It was right before COVID hit. Y'all beat the Bucks at home. Y'all beat the Clippers. I was like, oh, okay. Y'all got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was, but that was fine. But the way y'all played, I was like, yeah, y'all got it. Y'all, y'all going to make a run. How are you guys performing these next three games, even though it's not fair, you guys haven't had enough time. How are you performing these, those three games after this Cavalier game? It's going to show a lot to Sixers fans. So excited to watch you play these games, my friend. Same. Uh, some unfortunate news, Danny, that we saw happened uh, recently. Scott Hall, the famous uh, wrestler, WWE, was in WCW for a while. I grew up a big wrestling fan, passed away yeah, at the too. age of 63. Uh, Danny, were, were you a big wrestling guy back in the day? I was huge, huge wrestling fan, man. I used to have all the video games to play them. We used to do it against I had a younger brother who was right underneath me, so we used to do it against each other. Figure four, we used to do off the top ropes, everything you could think of, man. Razor Ramon, he had the, the toothpick in his mouth, slick back hair, heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, all those guys sting. Uh, we watched everybody, man. Um, I it was big for about a good five years, maybe 10 years. We watched it, and I used to do all the moves on my brother and some of the friends and some, some of the homies. So we'd make our own little wrestling ring, and he was a hall of famer, man, in my book. And so every time we had the video game, he was one of the guys I used to pick to, to, to play to fight. Yeah, the razor's edge. Uh, so yeah, so mm-hmm. I I was a big WWF fan. Uh, when especially when he was Razor Ramon, uh, it reminded me of an epic moment in my life, Danny. Um, so when I was younger, I loved two things: I loved wrestling, and I loved basketball. Uh, so I would I didn't have my brothers at the time yet, so I'd run around the house, uh, wrestling pillows, and mm-hmm. every Saturday morning, every every Saturday morning. Uh, I'd run around with toothpicks in my mouth and I'd just be throwing them around the house, calling the wall machismo, like this machismo <laughs> this, machismo that. Had one in my mouth, had one in my ear, like just like Razor Ramon. The other thing that I did when I was growing up, like again, I loved basketball. I'd be in my mom's room and we had the little basketball hoop. And every time I saw somebody do something in a game on NBA or NBC, I'd replicate it. So if John Stark shot a three, I'd shoot from like behind my mom's bed into this little hoop. Or if Sean Kemp dunked the ball, I'd, I'd dunk a sock or dunk a little ball. So one day, huh, I'm watching a game and I think it was Sean Kemp dunked the ball. So he puts down. So I'm like, okay, it's time for me to dunk. I plant one foot, I plant the second foot. When I planted the second foot to dunk, Danny, there was a toothpick, toothpick. in the carpet. <laughs> and I straight said, up. toothpick went straight up my foot, 
literally my mom was screaming at me while she's taking the toothpick out of my foot over the toilet. Uh, <laughs> she took out like one third of it, had to go to the hospital to get the other third out. And yeah, for splinter, over the huh? course, over the course of a year, the other third of that toothpick was still in my foot. So doctors couldn't Doctors couldn't get it. My mom was going crazy. Like, what if it travels to his bloodstream? Da, 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 da. <laughs> one day I'm getting ready to put on my shoes to go to school. And the other third of the toothpick is just sticking out of the, uh, the bottom of my foot randomly. I threw that joint out so fast. To this day, to this day, toothpicks are banned in the Sanford household because of that moment. Shout out to him, man. I remember said, growing <laughs> up, we we were big wrestling fans too, man. That's awesome. But we uh I remember we had like wrestling dummies. So we had like we had like, you know, people had teddy bears. This uh, we had when our beds we had the wrestling teddy bear type of guys that, that were shaped. One was Hulk Hogan and I had, you know, um Razor Ramon. And I think they might have been Jake the Snake, one of them, but Razor Ramon, Hulk Hogan. I remember that now. But yeah, we used to fight with those guys all the time as kids, even youngins, like three or four years old. But yeah, toothpick story, way better than mine. I'm glad <laughs> your stupid ass don't have any more in the house and throwing them on the floor. <laughs> Surprised you didn't make you clean them up after you did it. But hey, yeah. we know you. We know how you how you live in. So in 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 honor the next episode i'm definitely rocking the toothpick bro i should have had one for this one man i too oh goodness r.i.p scott hall all right you guys know what to do read rate subscribe review when we come back next week we're going to go into uh the lakers show on hbo winning time we get the creator of the show jim hecht he's going to join us it's very 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 good show if you haven't catched it yet until then guys find us on youtube podcast apps you know that good stuff peace out serious xm podcasts